They say consistency is the key to life. Um, well, three weeks in, we've been pretty consistent. You were on the road, and we still are cracking this third show out. But unfortunately, I lied to you, Dave. I lied. Still no theme song. What? Still. I mean. No theme song. I thought, I thought we had an agreement. A negotiation. Well, we a, did. A, uh, a, yeah. I thought I was going to get okay. to it on. Well, you know what? I, I, the, the bottom line is the show must go on, Jeremy. The show must go on. Exactly. And I thought I was going to get to it on Friday or Saturday, but, you know, life came up. Bit of a busy weekend. And I didn't. So Sometimes life gets in the way of podcasting. Yeah. And you had quite the epic adventure. As we stated at the end of last episode, you went on a little road trip. Uh, I guess it concluded a little bit quicker than you had expected, but you traveled like friggin' crazy over the last week, eh? I'm actually only halfway through my travels. Uh, we, we got back a little bit early, but I still have to take off in another couple days um, for the last leg of my journey. The uh, Western Canadian... Um, I, I could only call it a circus, but uh, yeah, man, I've hit up more cities, shaken more hands, taken more photos, um, literally played with and kissed more babies than I have in the last eight days of my life <laughs> than I probably have in the last five years combined. Um, we hit up every single account that we have in between Vancouver we started in Vancouver. Our first stop was in a Soyuz. From a Soyuz, we went on to Nelson. From Nelson, we went on to um, Cranbrook. From Cranbrook, we went on to another city that escapes me. And then we went went to uh, Medicine Hat. From Medicine Hat, we went to Calgary. From Calgary, we went to Le- to Red Deer. Red Deer to Leduc. Leduc to Edmonton. Edmonton to all of the surrounding areas around Edmonton, not to mention the surrounding areas of Calgary, continued on to Grand Prairie, Alberta, Northern Alberta, oil country, rigor country. From there, Jasper, Jasper to Kamloops, Kamloops to Vernon, Vernon to Kelowna, Kelowna (laughs) to home. All in eight days. My goodness. In total, in total, we sat in a vehicle for 44 hours, over 4,000 kilometers. Holy shit. I have saddles. I have saddle sores, but that didn't stop me from coming back to Vancouver for another episode of Voice Sucker Radio. Yeah, I guess if you guys hadn't gotten the clue already, this is another edition of the Suck of Voice Radio Hour. We have a guest this oh, week. I, hey, you screwed it up last week. I screwed it up this week. It's all good. We've got a guest, uh, Gegard Musasi, taking on Chris Weidman, UFC 210, this weekend, live on pay-per-view. Easily could be a number one contender fight. Um, lots of guys looming in the middleweight division. So who knows what this does for either one of these guys, but, you know, Yoel Romero is there, Jacques Ray is there, and either Chris Weidman or Gegard Mousasi are there as well. So it'll be fun to chat with him in a little bit here. But before we get to that, as said, last week we talked about it, the main event, Bellator, 
Oh, God. I got a text message from you on Friday night. Rampage is fat. Basically, Rampage sums... Rampage is... He, he had boobs. It, Remember, the irony to me is Rampage, when he was on Tough, he... One of the things that stood out to me was how he, he fat-shamed an individual on the show and named him, nicknamed him, Titties. Rampage, the irony to me is Rampage came out this Saturday, oh, this Friday on Bellator, and he's Titties Part 2. Yeah. my Basically, that text message that I got from you summed everything up. He looked like absolute shit. And if that isn't the last time, if that is the last time I see Rampage, I will be a happy camper because I was not impressed with what I saw. You know what? Oddly enough, I was not impressed with Rampage's Rampage's performance in this fight. That being said, I was even less impressed with King Mo's performance in this fight. Yeah, and they announced after what? King Mo versus Ryan Bader. That's the next fight. So... How stoked are you? I don't for see that? that going to be a, a a a good night for King Mo. After watching King Mo go three rounds with an out of shape titties part two rampage Jackson and being exhausted at the end of three rounds, not only that, Rampage was still able to take the second round. Yeah, and what is that? What Rampage is at the end of his career. What does that what does that say for somebody that Bellator has really put a big push on? As somebody that has gotten somebody they've gotten behind in King Mo when he couldn't finish an out of shape aging Quentin Rampage Jackson and Rampage still won the second round of that fight. Yeah, and Bader's coming into the organization as like yeah, he fuck I don't know. He he should smother King Mo. It it could very well be one of the more boring fights we see within the Bellator organization. That's one of the things I I do applaud Bellator for when they do get a new acquisition like Ryan Bra- Ryan Bader and they bring him over. They're putting him up against somebody that they've put a lot of behind in King Mo. They but they're giving at the same time they're still giving him a tune-up fight, like Bader, that is. In my opinion, they're giving him a tune-up fight, and that is the difference between Bellator and the UFC, is they do have enough people on the roster that are, um, you know, uh, lack of a better term, not on Ryan Bader's level. For sure. They, they can do that with a lot of the guys that they bring over from the UFC, Luckily enough for Rory McDonald, we're going to see a pretty fun fight for him against Paul Daly. I was actually shocked that they gave him that fight because that is one of those like puncher chance fights. Oh, yeah, for sure. And the way Daly's looked lately very well could be a, you know, knockout win for him. Rory's got a chin of fucking steel, but who knows after getting banged up the way he did against Robbie Lawler. You only have so many of those wars in you. Definitely. Yeah, for sure. And again, 
let's move on from that because I'm sick and tired of talking about Rampage and Wars and, and Bellator. And we got UFC 210 coming up this weekend. We spoke about the fact that we got Gegard Mousasi on the show. But in the main event, Daniel Cormier taking a guy who also can throw a hell of a punch, Anthony Rumble Johnson, who I think I'm actually going to be picking in this one. Rumble Johnson to steal the light heavyweight championship away from Daniel Cormier. I think he knocks him out. Really? I After do. Hmm. I do. He uh, Daniel Cormier has I, I've I've wrote it I've written him off a couple times. I have. But he just comes back. He He is everything that they say the wrestler is. He embodies that. The grinder. The 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 toughest man on the roster. I think Daniel is that individual. Like everything that every other wrestler has come short in being, I think Daniel is. And I think his only kryptonite might be John Jones. I would love nothing more than to see Anthony Johnson. I think Anthony Johnson is somebody that deserves the title. I think Anthony Johnson is somebody that has worked hard enough to put the strap around him. I would like nothing more than that. But after watching that last fight, the one thing that... And it hurts me to say is the one thing that Anthony lacks, and I've seen this in other fights. It was uh, I've seen it in um, the Vitor Belfort fight. I saw it in the um, Koscheck fight. He just lacks heart. He just huh. lacks heart. Huh. We will see. I, I love him as. I love him as a fighter. I do. I want nothing more. But that is the one thing that I feel Anthony lacks his heart. And if there's somebody that can just rip the heart out of you by being that grinder, the wrestler, the one thing that we all think of wrestlers, what they embody, Daniel Cormier is. For everything that I hate about Anthony Rumble Johnson outside the cage, all of those allegations... All of the abuse allegations and whatnot, I love to watch that man inside the cage because he is friggin' pitbull inside the cage. When he lays those fists on you, you're going to go to sleep. And I don't know if Cormier can withstand those. I mean, we saw him take a punch in the first outing, and you said you don't think Anthony Johnson has the heart, but... Heart doesn't take it when you're landing fists like that. <laughs> I, I can't disagree. If, if Anthony is able to put together the proper combinations to land more than one, not rush in like he did last time, he rushed in, um, let Daniel get up next time. If you, can, if you can knock Daniel down like that, don't follow him. Let him get up. He'll be, um, quote unquote from Joe Rogan, he'll be on Queer Street and then take advantage of those roller skates that are on his feet and finish the job there. Because that is that is where Anthony Johnson has the advantage. By no, no, nobody on the planet would, would question that um, Anthony Johnson has the advantage on the feet. The, the dynamite, the power, the athleticism that he, he has isn't matched in this fight. I don't think anybody questions that. It's just that toughness, that grinder wrestling ability that Daniel has that 
seemingly wins him the majority of his fights. Yeah, I mean, if and you no look one's gonna, at the... Exactly, and no one's going to think that Daniel Cormier is going to go out there and try to strike with Anthony Johnson. He's going to try to blanket Anthony Rumble Johnson. He did a pretty good job in other fights, like, for instance, against Alexander Gustafson. He went out there and outstruck a striker. Uh, a striker sorry. He has that ability. He's adaptable. He's tough. Yeah. I honestly feel like outside of John Jones, if John Jones wasn't born, if John Jones was on a different plane and in a fifth dimension, Cormier could go down as one of the best, if not the best MMA fighter of all time. I think if, I mean, John Jones is, you know, his probation is up now. He'll be back in there pretty soon. I think that if Anthony Johnson wins this title, Rumble is a isn't a, a gimme fight for John Jones either. Absolutely not. Styles make fights. And and the one thing we have noticed um in the last few fights for uh John Jones, especially in his last one against uh OSP is one, he was tentative in that fight, and two, he actually does get hit. He he got hit many times by Daniel, who and I don't think is anywhere near the striker of uh, Anthony Johnson. And even though you can block him and roll with a few of those punches, the power that um, Rumble brings is going to be a, a tough night for anybody because you can't take too many of those. I mean, sledgehammers are sledgehammers. That they are. Let's talk about the co-main event. The guy who we have on the line in just a little bit here, Gegard Mousasi, taking on Chris Weidman. I'm going to side with our guest in this one. I think Mousasi has been on a tear. Uh, Weidman is on a two-fight losing skid. Hasn't looked too great in those two fights. Uh, The best he's looked in late, I'd say, are his Anderson Silva fights. He impressed me in his Leota Machida fight, but just because he was able to withstand what Lyoto brought to him, I, I thought there were times when I thought Machida could win that fight, and Weidman sort of just did what he had to do. He ended up stealing that one. But Musasi has looked on a tear. Three of his four wins have come by finish. The guy is on another level right now, and his confidence is through the roof, so I got to side with Musasi in this one. Um, I'm going to agree with you, and I'm going to agree with you for a few few reasons. One, I've actually never been impressed with Chris Weinman. I think he got lucky in the two Anderson Silva fights. I think Anderson got cocky in the first one, did his dancing, got caught. In the rematch, he broke his leg. I don't think anybody's going to question that one. Um, In the first round of the Vitor Belfort fight, uh, Weinman took a beating and actually eventually covered up and went against the cage and then weathered the storm and came back. Um, He was able to outstrike, outgrind and wrestle uh, Machida for the first, I think, three or four rounds of their title fight, but then came back and what I thought stole the show in the fifth round by beating the crap out of Chris Wyman, still losing the fight, but I still think that round was definitely in favor of um, Leota Machida. So actually, I haven't always been that impressed. I think the youthfulness has always been in his side and toughness, but then as soon as he went against somebody that had and embodied the same things that he used to win his fights against a Luke Rothold, 
he came up short and he got whooped in that fight. And I think that was one of those fights that was the wake up call, the reality, the running, the running as hard as fast as you can and hitting a wall. And that wall was um, Luke Rothold and noticing and realizing that, yeah, you're a stud, you're a bull, but there are other studs and other bulls. Some of them might be tougher than you. And that was the realization for him. And then again, in his next fight against Romero, I think that was another wake up call. Like, wow, this is, yeah, I'm tough, but I'm in a line of tough men. And I think that is what is going to be another wake up call for Chris Wyman in this fight with somebody that is technically what I think the best fighter in the 185 division. Yeah, overall, as a as a whole, absolutely definitely in all categories. Oh, in yeah. all categories. Yeah, he's got check marks everywhere. This guy, he can his takedown defense is through the roof. His takedowns are really good. When he gets on top, he's got a good ground game. He's got amazing boxing. So yeah, his jujitsu right. is phenomenal. Everything. Yeah, man, I, I'm excited for this fight. I'm actually, I think, a little bit more excited for this fight than I am for the main event. To be honest. Some, well, that's the thing about putting together a, a card like this. If anything happens to that first fight, they're relying on these two individuals. I mean, not not to knock Daniel or Rumble, but unfortunately, the last little while, both of them have been on what unreliable in their position. Maybe not Rumble so much, but Daniel for sure. Daniel, Daniel's had to pull out of a few fights over over the last. Uh, last few years so when you're putting together a card like this you put a uh, a co-main event in that's still going to captivate the audience and that's truly what I think this fight gives you one you have something for the mainstream uh, mainstream audience with Chris Weidman somebody that dethroned Anderson Silva but then you also have the the hardcore MMA fan with a Gekard Masasi who is in, who is every that embodies everything that the the core MMA fan loves Exactly, and the rest of the card is very bleak compared to these top two fights, so these sort of have to steal the show. There is the sleeper in Alves Cote at 175. Yeah. Um, Cote hasn't looked great as of late, but has also been a, known as being a derailer, and Alves has always been just full of dynamite. He He... he brings it winner win or lose he's always brought it that would be that's that's the one for me that's the one i'm going to watch outside of the 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 main and the co-main that's the other fight that i'm watching for on this card for sure uh sunday we had wrestlemania 33 brock lesnar beats goldberg something like 20 suplexes in the fight and he steals the world heavyweight championship from the man do you care at all about wwe dave I couldn't be happier. I couldn't be happier that the ex-UFC champion has gotten what he rightfully deserves from a hack pro wrestler like Bill Goldberg. (laughs) I don't care. I don't care at all. (laughs) WrestleMania, as um, I said, uh, was always one of those nostalgia things for me. It was always on my birthday weekend. It was always something that I had on. So I threw it on today after we got home from dinner to watch the Brock Lesnar fight as I knew it was going to be a five-minute match because neither of these guys can last much longer than that. They're blown out by the time they walk and or run to the ring. Yeah, they are. (laughs) 
It's that's a wrestling term. That means that means they have they lack cardio. Yeah, exactly. And Brock probably has a little bit more than uh, Bill Goldberg, but not a hell of a lot. You know what? I can't. It's hard for me to discredit anything Brock Lesnar does in life at this stage. He, he, sure, he was a a, a paper champion in the WWE WWF. Um, but there's no way you can ever take away from what he achieved being a, a amateur wrestler, a college wrestler, a university wrestler, or what he did achieve in the UFC by winning the heavyweight championship as well as not only winning the heavyweight championship, but also being one of the main and or biggest draws they will ever have in history. So you can, you, you can say what you want about an individual like that. He still did a, um, he did us a, a, a solid, you could say, by coming over and putting as many eyes and as many asses in seats as he did that uh, helped elevate what you and I both embody and enjoy and in love in MMA. So as much, same thing with CM Punk or anybody else that has notoriety or fame for what they have achieved outside of MMA. And if, it, if they choose to bring it over, so that it brings more eyes to something that you and I care about, like MMA, I'm all for it. I truly am. Win or lose, I'm all for it. Because just the, the, more, the more eyes on their sport, the, the more legitimate it comes. That it becomes. It sorry. does, for sure. Now, what's going to be legitimate is this guest we have coming up right after this. We're going to get into the interview with Gegard Musasi, but I figure we'll finish off the show with that. So, Dave... Any last words for our guests and listenership here? No, I'm sure you did a great job. I wish that I could have take part, take, taken part Sorry, um, next time, hopefully. Uh, but I really, I don't think I could have added any more or less. Uh, your, your skills are unmatched. Why, thank you, sir. So make sure you head on over to the iTunes channel. Check out Suck a Voice Radio Hour. Subscribe comment, rate, do all that other shindig because it helps us out quite a bit. Uh, they can follow you, Dave, where? Uh, at This Boy's Life on Instagram as well as Twitter. Um, I also have a Snapchat that I, um, I'll look at your stuff, but I probably won't post anything. <laughs> follow me on Twitter at JeremyBrand604, on Instagram at Jeremy underscore 604. Right after this, Gegard. Musasi. Enjoy, everybody. You could tell them that I've been from hell and back. When the heat is on, I fire back. One shot is all it takes. That's a terrifying man. Cormier mauls people. You could tell them that I've been from hell and back. When the heat is on, I fire back. This is my octagon. I'm the man. You're the man, baby. But I'm coming for you. All right, I guess let's get right into it. Um, yesterday, you know, you had the media conference call. The media has been ramping up a little bit. Next week, or this week, is fight week coming up. And uh, you're going to be tussling with former UFC middleweight champion Chris Weidman. So what's the media been like leading up to this fight in comparison to some of your previous fights? Well, I'm more than prepared for this fight. Um I need to get this win, and uh, I've done 
I'm I'm just in my prime. I can uh, I can tell you that I know that, and uh, I'm gonna show it April eighth. Do you feel like Chris Weidman is not in his prime anymore? Well, he's in his prime. Uh, obviously, he has two losses, so I think he maybe difficult motivation with training because you know I know I've lost before. It's difficult to get motivated. Uh, end of the day, he will uh, step in the cage. He's gonna come to fight. Uh, I don't have any doubts. Uh, obviously, he has seen some of my fights, and uh, he get confident uh, of of those fights where I uh, was uh, where, where where they took me down. Uh, so he gets confident of that, but I can tell you I'm not the, that fighter. I'm a different fighter. For sure, and motivation is something that you just spoke about there. You know, when you were younger, you were considered like this prodigy of the sport at the time. You held many titles, but at times coming up, you didn't seem to have the same drive as you, you have now. Were you enjoying the sport back then in comparison to what you are now? And have how have you changed your approach to fighting these days in comparison to back then? I think uh, mental, mental experience, um, confident. I think those are the and uh, strengths. Uh, you know, I'm 31. That's uh, when you're at physically at one of the strongest uh, experience. I'm more experienced than uh, when I when I was younger, and uh, confident. I'm and I, I was never that confident. You know, so I'm. Uh, Two years ago, I wasn't confident of beating those guys in the top five. But now, I easily believe I can beat them. Were you enjoying it then, though? I never enjoyed fighting. No? But uh, what's there to... uh, (laughs) Well, I mean, (laughs) you've been been doing it for so long. I mean, you'd think that... I mean, uh, because when you started, there wasn't a lot of money in the sport. And, And... Usually guys who start at the time that you did, it was out of, you know, because they enjoyed getting in there. They enjoyed getting into the scrap. Yeah, of course, when you're younger, but, uh, you know, along the line, uh, you, you, you know, life is not all about fighting. But um, at this moment, I'm enjoying it because I enjoyed it more than uh, back then. Uh, back then, uh, I was just trying to, uh, to secure my future. But uh, my future is secure. Uh, I don't need to fight. But uh, it's all about the accomplishment and uh, what I can, uh, uh, the legacy I can uh, have. So it's a different mentality going into this fight than previous fights when I was younger. And that's exactly what your manager said to me leading into this interview. He said, you know, this one, your mind is comfortable, it's strong, and he is ready and enjoying the process. Which it seems like with, you know, the, the conference call and all the stuff leading up to this fight, you seem like you're just that much more, not even confident, but comfortable. I'm confident. I'm looking forward to the fight simply because he's one of the best fighters. And uh, I'm, I want to see what the best can offer. And uh, uh, what can I say? I, I'm in my prime. And uh, I'm going to... I just for me, I've worked a long time for this fight uh, to get to this fight, and uh, it's my time to show it. So I'm gonna do it. Now you said you he might look for the the wrestling. I, I read it in an interview or an article. I guess it came out in the conference call as well that you know what he's gonna do. He's gonna come in there. He's gonna grind you out. He's gonna try to take you to the ground. That's what he's gonna do. Now you're known for your stand up, but even after all these years. 
do guys still under, underestimate your takedown defense? Because it is really damn good. Well, you know, I, I have fight where I fight very poorly, but uh, I, I know if I if I do, you know, I, I know what I worked on for this couple last months. So, uh, so people are not taking me down. I was today. I was inspiring. I was very sharp. No one, you know, I can take him down. So he should be worried about his takedown defense. I'm not worried. <laughs> Let him be uh, worrying about takedown defense. Who are some of the guys that you're training with right now? Well, I got good wrestlers. Uh, sometimes I'm fighting big guys, heavyweights, uh, under 10 kilos, you know, uh, strong guys, you know, wrestling background, judo background. And uh, if it's a wrestling fight, he will win, no doubt. But uh, this is MMA and they don't take me down in an MMA fight. He's not going to take me down. He's sparring, so I'm very confident. Speaking of heavyweights, did you? You? I'm sure you heard about Luke Rockhold saying he wanted to take on Fabricio Verdum. What? What do you think of that? I mean, he's a middleweight. You think he actually takes on a heavyweight? What? What were your thoughts on that? He he just trying to make a headline. Let him fight. Give him headline. <laughs> yeah. Let him fight. If he if he's that confident, let him fight. It'd be an interesting thing to see, that's for sure. I, I <laughs> All right, so, you know, Chris Weidman coming off two losses. His big claim to fame, obviously, was beating Anderson Silva twice. He then followed up with defending his championship twice, then lost it to Luke Rockhold, followed by a loss to Yoel Romero. Do you think him coming in here on two losses, he's going to have that much more to prove inside the cage because he does sort of have to get that victory? I mean... I'm sure the UFC isn't going to let him go after three losses, but no one wants three losses in a row on their record. Oh, definitely not. Of course, he's uh, he, no one wants to lose, and especially not three times in a row. So I know once the cage closes, he's going to come to fight. Uh, maybe he's not that confident as he used to be, uh, but end of the day, he's going to come forward. He's going to at least try to come forward because it's, that's where he's sadly mistaken. He's not going to come forward. And uh, so another day he's gonna fight. He, he fights. He's not a guy who's running away. So it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. But uh, I think uh, whatever happens, happens. You know, make make the best man win. And uh, but you know, what can I say? I'm just ready. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And you you yourself riding four fight win streak. You said the confidence is through the roof. Your last three were TKO or knockout finishes. You're in the performance of the night bonus. Um, you got to be through the roof coming into this one because you're so confident. Uh, what do you think it's going to take? Like you beat Chris Weidman. Do you hold out for a title shot? If that, if, if, I mean, it seems like that's the inevitable thing is that you get a title shot with a victory here, but do you hold out for it? Or are you the kind of guy that would sit on the sidelines just to wait for it? Because we've seen that backfire in so many people's cases. Well, I can't sit and wait. Uh, you know, your Romero is next. And uh, they're making the GSP fight. So uh, I have to wait for a year. That's not possible. So they're probably going to give me a fight. Uh, but that's the, that's the problem. I have to put everything on the line again to get to that title shot. And uh, some people get title shots like it's a gift so you know some people have to take the longer and difficult road is that gsp you're talking about gsp and i'm talking also not just me but you romero jacre the guys that are waiting and uh, 
you know. So are you okay with these? These, I mean, GSP moving up to middleweight, fighting Michael Bisping is basically a money fight for the UFC. Do you like the way that's holding up the division? Let them make a different money fight. Let the, let GSP fight Anderson Silva. Why well, should he fight for the belt? He hasn't fought any. He hasn't fought in the middleweight ever. He hasn't fought for three years. Let him fight uh, somebody else. I agree. I, I completely agree with that. I, I think that the money fights are not necessarily the title fights. Title holders should be guys that take anyone in the division that are looking to fight them. Like the ranked guys should be next in line if anything were to line up. Like you said, you all Romero, Jacare, yourself. It, it makes no sense to hold up a division with a money fight when there are just as many big money fights out there for GSP. Yeah, definitely. You know, like let's take John Jones. He, he went to a very difficult division, but he beat all the number one contenders. And uh, now uh, Michael Bisping gonna say, "Well, I defended my belt two times." Well, who do you defend it against? You know, it's easy to say I defended my belt, but maybe if he fights the real number one contender, he's gonna lose right away. You know, it's just uh, I don't know. It's business. Exactly. And business is what I wanted to ask you about. Is that something that you think about if you are on the shelf for a little bit, a money fight, not necessarily fighting one of these contenders to sort of crack yourself into the number one contender spot? Money fights for you? Uh, after this, I don't know what's, uh, what's next. Uh, I need to win first. I'm just concentrated on this fight because uh, I don't want to look ahead of it. But uh, of course, I want to fight big guys, big names. You know, if they give me light heavyweight fights and go for the light heavyweight title, I'm I'm open to that. <laughs> That's what I was going to ask you. Actually, I was going to say, I mean, 31 years of age, you've you've fought at heck even heavyweight at one time in 2009. So light heavyweight isn't something that's necessarily out of the mix. No, definitely not. But it has to make sense, and it, uh, it has to be. You know, I wanted to throw in for DC. Anderson took that fight, and uh, when uh, Anthony uh, when DC fell off against Anthony uh, uh, Anthony Johnson, I wanted to step in also. So you know, I'm looking for fights that's gonna give me a title shot or an interim title belt or whatever. But I'm not gonna take a just a silly fight, you know. Yeah, that makes sense. So when will you head to Buffalo uh, to get prepped and sort of acclimated for the fight? Well, I don't need to acclimate because uh, I'm already sleeping late here. Okay. Uh, once I, uh, I'm going to leave Tuesday, and right away I'm in the U.S. time. I sleep late here. And it's not going to be any problems uh, to adjust. I usually do that, and I'm always uh, been fine with the jet lag. Last question for you, Gegard. You said uh, earlier on that a lot of sort of your growth has been mentally. So mentally speaking... Looking at this fight, how do you see it playing out? You say you know how Chris Weidman's going to come in there. How do you see this fight playing out? I see, I see myself going forward, uh, stopping his takedowns, getting him in the top position, and uh, I even see myself taking him down. Uh, I think the biggest factor in this fight is going to be the pressure. He, he will try to pressure me, and I'm going to try to pressure. And whoever breaks will lose the fight. And uh, but uh, my stand-up is too good for him to to put pressure on me. That's that's his that's his mistake. 
But uh, he's obviously going to try to wrestle me. But uh, I let him come. Let him come. <laughs> so Chris Weidman is going to be the one to break. Yeah, definitely once I put the pressure on him. Do you think we'll see a, a nice performance of the night here? Like, are you are you going in there? You're going in there as a smart fighter, not someone who's going to, you know, dictate the pace kind of thing, right? Well, I'm not going to look for the bonus. I'm not, uh, I'm not looking. I'm just going to uh, beat him up. Uh, once he fatigues, he makes mistakes, you know, he will pay for it. If he, if he, if he makes mistakes, then I can finish him, I will finish him. But uh, it's going to be a high pace fight. That, kind of, that I can tell you. It's not going to be me waiting for him to come and uh, try to jab him. He will, he will, he will go backwards. For sure, and I said that was the last question, but I want to ask you, in it, your four-fight win streak, all four of those fights were in 2016. This will be your first fight of 2017. How many more times would you like to be in the octagon this year? Uh, this year, maybe two more times. It depends. Was, uh, September, they're coming to Rotterdam. Yeah. Maybe fight there. And uh, I don't know, uh, maybe earlier before that I fight and they give me a September fight. Sure, why not? As long as they keep me busy. But uh, I don't know. Maybe a good wrestle also is good. Two or three fights. Did, yeah, so did four seem like too much? Four is too much. I think uh, this year, uh, two, two or three. Well, I can't wait to see you get back in there. April 8th, Chris Weidman, UFC 210. You can catch that, the co-main event on pay-per-view. Gegard, good luck. Thanks a lot, man. No problem. Thank you. That was another episode of the Sucka Voice Radio Hour.